The H-Meister hits 30 by Quentin Forrest. 27 then. Isn't quite the big 3-0. Things aren't that bad yet. But all the same, that red-ringed sign on the highway of life seems just around the next corner. So, I suppose it depends what a chap's been up to all this time. But if it looks to the untrained eye as if all he's been doing is having a wild, crazy time in whiskey mist, or bougies, or in some ways the military, then it's probably time for a couple of changes. Time to slow down at parties and speed up at work. Well, all right, work. <laughs> but you get the idea. Time to think about marriage, one's health and one's future. Time to develop a couple of interests. Polo, the environment, <laughs> underprivileged kids. Time, in other words, to start trying to plan the next royal wedding. <laughs> I'd never especially liked the sound of this. As a veteran of bollockings from the bods at Buck House, I'd been hearing it for years. Sort yourself out, bluff prince. All that. You do not want to end up like your Uncle Edward. <laughs> Still, I'm not sure the trouble really started until my brother's big day which we've all seen, I guess. Even the most avowed anti-monarchist can hardly have missed it. The wedding itself, or the commentary the next morning, in which I was accused, and I wish I could say it was only by the tabloids, of lingering over Pippa Middleton's bottom. <laughs> well, hands in the air. <laughs> it was a, a fine ass. Possibly even a world-beating bomb. Bump. Uh, but while it was a perfectly acceptable thing for the red tops to drool, and for Joe Public to set up page after page of Facebook about it, for the H-Meister to make a, a jovial, off-the-cuff cough comment, about the best man's duties uh, with regard to the maid of honour, <laughs> suddenly everyone thinks you're Russell Brand. <laughs> or somebody. Some crazed ginger sex pest. <laughs> Being blown out is one thing. We've all been there, I guess. But who needs to read about it the next day over your cornflakes? It was in the mail. It was in the Guardian. The list went on. The shares in the H-Meister PLC plummeted. My name was Mud on the debutante circuit. However much I tried to keep my gaze focused on the bar, it was back to the wall when I walked into Bougie's. <laughs> the Phillies now convinced, I convinced. It seemed that I was some kind of pervert. Perhaps even the sort of chap who actively 
favours the tradesman's entrance. <laughs> and, and if it's been decided that a bum's being stared at, how does one persuade the owner otherwise? I took to wearing my Ray-Bans indoors after dark, like George Michael, or someone. But if anything, that only seemed to make things worse. So for the first time in my life, perhaps, I began to feel the weight of loneliness. Wills wasn't around to hit the clubs with anymore. He was too busy pressing the flesh in the colonies with his new bride, La Middleton. And there was a new generation of whiskey mist on the packed, sweaty dance floors where I'd once felt quite at home. I was now all at sea. I'd never been that much of a Smiths fan. Cheer up, lads, I used to think. <laughs> it may never happen. But now, I began to see the merit in even Morrissey's solo albums. <laughs> Long walks were taken, alone, in the rain, on occasion late at night, after ten or so gins in front of a rom-com. <laughs> I even tried my hand at poetry. Basically, the thoughts of morality began to creep in. And say what you like about my brother's big day, it was quite an event. So, all in all, it seemed like handy karma if I had one of my own. Because how else to put Bumsgate, as I came to think of it, behind me? <laughs> <laughs> This, however, was easier said than done. Eventually, at a bit of a low ebb, I gave an interview to one of the papers. I can't remember which. Well, all right, it was probably the sun. <laughs> it was about how much it sucked to be a lonesome prince. That was when Channel 4 got in touch. They didn't, they say, like to think of the hedgemeister being on his tod. And especially not with the Diamond Jube coming up, not to mention the Olympics. Right, I said. But what do you plan to do about it? Fix me up? Well, yes. <laughs> That's exactly what they wanted to do. Okay, I said. But what might this involve? It all seemed to hinge on the final of the men's 100 metres, and whether I had tickets. Yes. I'm sitting next to Elton John, actually. I'm not all that happy about it. <laughs> but this was great, C4 thought. Their idea was a, a jubilee version of Celebrity Blind Date, with a seat next to yours truly at the most popular event in the games as the grand prize. Really, I said. But I'm not a fan of athletes. Plus, if you ask Sir Elton to get his round in, it's a bit like being caught bunning one of the corgis. Sure, said the C4 boffins, but as they pointed out, the race would be over in under t ten seconds. <laughs> yes, I said, and perked up a bit. I hadn't thought about that. And then, me and the day could have a night out afterwards. <laughs> Absolutely, was the word at Channel 4. Also, they also said that because of the quality of the prize. They were expecting top draw entrance. Thanks, guys, I said, quite touched, until they reminded me of the show's format, 
in which per force the Hmeister's involvement would be a surprise. So you are supposed to run this stuff past the palace. You can't just show up on telly and make a fool of yourself without warning everyone. It's the protocol. Uncle Edward's It's a Royal Knockout is still a bit of a spooge covered elephant in the drawing room of family officials. <laughs> but, on the other hand, during the plans for the Duke's celebrations, uh, there'd been an awkward meeting about one of the photo shoots. Guys, uh, I really don't think I can stand behind her. This is Pippa's feeling, too. <laughs> so, it's rear of the year, or the Hedgemeister, basically. Well, it's no competition, surely. And, of course, it wasn't. This looked to be a setting for an alarming precedent of yours truly being sidelined at all family occasions. So, a bit ticked off, I said yes to Channel 4, basically. To what... I should have remembered, but didn't, had long been the home of the alternative Queen's speech. I should say, to begin with, that I didn't know it was going to be broadcast during the Duke. It was in the contract, but I, I mean, who reads that stuff anyway? Not I, I fear. Nor did I realise that Alan Carr would be hosting <laughs> instead of Sutter Black. Who is Alan Carr? He seems like a bit of a loose cannon. Five minutes into the show and the Middleton bottom had already been raised about eight times. Alan looked to be the sort of court jester type. No wonder these characters used to be executed. I found myself <laughs> reflecting more than once. <laughs> So, I'm all of a flutter, was Carr's opening gambit. I've always fancied being taken up the aisle by a handsome prince. <laughs> I, uh, I see, I said. Don't worry, your Uncle Alan, your Uncle Alan understands. Just think of me as your fairy godmother. Now, we have some real princesses lined up for you this evening. Oh, God. How many of these are actually trannies? <laughs> and that's just about the last thought I can clearly recall. I've got a bit tanked up in the hospitality before the show. It's all a, just a blur of innuendo now. The blind date format used to be simple enough. As the chap doing the choosing, you'd just pitch your questions and establish which of the fillies was most sim simpatico when it comes to the matter of a roll in the hay. Well, fair enough. Anyone could follow that. But now, black seemed white and up-down, because if I didn't want to attend the Olympics with a bloke in a dress, and it's not that I'm prejudiced, uh, I just didn't. <laughs> I actually had to think about what I was doing here. It went against every fibre of my being, but the more frisky the contestants sounded, the more I had to avoid them. So number three, Delilah, as the least flamboyant, the most down-to-earth, 
seemed like the one to go for. Oh, you're sure you don't want to go for number two? No, I uh, came before I went on stage. <laughs> Look, I do the jokes here. That's debatable, Alan. Anyway, contestant one, Camilla of the Husky Voice, was, as suspected, a bit of a drag queen. Carr was gutted. The headlines could have been massive, and in a way, I was sorry to disappoint. Not that sorry. The tabs would have had a field day. I mean, Camilla. Seriously. Did everyone think I was Gaga? Apparently, yes. Contestant two, on the other hand, was a serious stunner. The kind of lady who'd drag a chap into sin, break his heart into pieces, and sell the story to everyone. Buckhouse has a history with this kind of thing, and it never ends. But still, what a move. I thought this as she swept off the wind, so, so radiant, so fragrant. I've forgotten her name. I suppose the old tongue was lying out, rather. Oh, nice bum, he said. I did say, didn't I? I'm happy with my decision, Adam, I said. So, number three. So, number three. Delilah was, is, a single mum from a council estate. Channel 4 go at you like that. <laughs> but she does have a mysterious grace. I've seen a bit of her already, and actually we get on pretty well. Delilah had shown me a different world. A world I never knew existed. You watch this stuff on the telly, I guess, but still. I had, for example, Never been to a harvester before. <laughs> was in Nando's. So exotic. The other day. And I mentioned something about my burgeoning feelings. Look, I ain't easy, she said over the hot wings, if that's what you're thinking. No, but you, you seem so much more, so much broad-minded than the fillies and bougies. Don't get your hopes up, mate, she said. But tellingly, I think, she, she didn't leave the restaurant or throw her tango in my face. <laughs> Plus, her family background, fractious as it is, was not entirely dissimilar. Some of her uncles, her cousins and so on, have been on benefits for decades. <laughs> and finding a seat for her son, little Elton, at the men's 100 metres means the boy's namesake will have to move to a chair further back in the stadium. In a way, I could have married her for that alone. <laughs> the palace aren't keen on any of this, but how can they say much? All past sins, as well as present and possibly future, Look to melt away in the red tops when I'm packed in the park with little Elton, sending him sailing round on the swings. The bum gate now seems a distant memory. So, it's a question, I guess, of what I could do next. Am I, if she'll have me, going to walk up the aisle in Westminster Abbey with little Elton in a pushchair, ready to marry the lovely Delilah as 
truly a people's prince. It would seem to have a fairy tale, merry England quality. Plus, the one thing you're meant to do as a British royal is to get married. The taxpayer, it seems, will, is willing to put up with absolutely anything in terms of far-out behaviour as long as you give them this one special day. <laughs>